Okay. Let's see how this goes today. I mean, right now, in this moment. <laughs> we're here for chit chat, everyone. Um, okay, we're back. We had some technical difficulties, but we are now back for chit chat. Hi, Bol Amir. Miss you, Amir. Yay, Kelly says better. Yes, it's better. Everyone's saying it's better now. Okay. Yeah, these festivals, they hit differently when they're almost illegal. <laughs> what do you mean almost illegal? Well, oh, because of oh, yeah, that's COVID, right. people are scared to come out, you know, the mask wearing thing. And yes, if, yes. if the government were, were to say tomorrow that the only way we can truly honestly deal with this COVID issue is if everyone seriously remains at home perpetually, then I suspect the vast majority of Jivas would believe that. Mm, I suspect and, as well. And then doing something as simple as going to a temple would seem by as a crime against humanity. And mm. so in that sense, the festivals hit differently when they're almost illegal. Mm. <laughs> they're, just, I, they're, just, they're just like just on the precipice of being totally illegal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I definitely saw some, I definitely saw some like questionable, like, Instagram stories and videos of people like celebrating and I was like this is you know I'm not I'm not I'm not about it you know I'm like okay go for it do what you need to do but I, but I was also thinking the same way I was like this is kind of like blurring the line a little bit between um what we're supposed to be doing or what we're not supposed to be doing but there's such lack clarity lack of clarity of that but anyway not to get into that whole covid conversation but in regards to festivals I'm very much missing them because I spent my Janmashtami um, and Shilpapadvats Puja today alone. And uh, yesterday I did a lot of efforts to kind of like be on online sanghas and, you know, um, chant more and kind of just like really, really try not, mm. like I was saying yesterday, really try not to like be with the Netflix and these kinds of things. And I mean, I was really, really missing other devotees, like a lot. I can imagine. And it was like, because I remember those festival days where like, you feel devastated, but like in the best way, you know, it's like, it's, it's, it's at another level. And I think that this is something that is really beautiful because we, you know, of course we have to take care of ourselves and our bodies and like this and whatever, but there's something so special about like fasting all day, staying up till midnight, seeing the darshan, you know, then like sleeping a few hours and then waking up for Mangalarti the next day. I don't think I ever did that. I don't think I ever did that. But waking up at a decent time to make it to the, to the Vyas Puja celebrations, you know? And so there's something so like otherworldly and ecstatic about that. And yeah, so I, I, miss, I miss the devotees a lot. Next week, I'm going to be going back to the, the big city and I'll, I'll connect with devotees in the ISKCON temple there and like this and it will be nice. But, um, yeah. but yeah. Fair. At the end of the day, it's fear that is the real debilitator of everything in this material world. And of course, with the COVID thing, it, it just brings to light the root fear of all Jeevas in this world is fear of death. And the sort of false illusion that we can really protect ourselves from death. Mm. Um, of course, in, in, the, in spiritual devotional communities, 
I've been thinking about this recently. I want to have some sort of open conversation about this with a few devotees. But um, there's this whole tension that, well, God has given you the intelligence so you can understand how to uh, interact in this world with certain things come up. On the one hand. On the other hand, you have nothing in this world is possible unless God sort of wills it or sanctions it, so to speak. Hmm. And so yesterday I was walking out of the place here where I stay and uh, I didn't see it, but apparently I walked right past a black snake. So one devotee who was behind me, he said, whoa, dude, watch out, a snake. And I didn't even notice it. It didn't bother me because I didn't see it. And, um, and then anyway, at one point I was like, listen, I can sleep right next to that snake. And if God doesn't sanction it, that snake can't do nothing to me. Hmm. And I can go through all efforts to protect myself from harm. But if it is not sanctioned by God, I will be harmed. And, and that is a core sort of thing that we hear about the philosophy. On the one hand, and on the other hand, well, God has given you the intelligence, you should know how to use it, blah, blah, blah. But it, for me, it's been these two ideas, like God has given the intelligence to, under, you know, to discern versus God is ultimately the protector and the sanctioner and that you can't ultimately protect yourself from death. And therefore, there's no need to be overly concerned about you know, dying, even if it's by COVID. And obviously, this would be a huge point of contention, if, you know, depending on how imprudent you are about articulating this idea. It could be a huge argument that would, be, that would break out. But the reason I bring it up is that, again, back to my example, if the government were to say suddenly, you must remain, you know, on lockdown until further notice, why? Because of the fear of death, fear of the death of the material body, which cannot anyway be protected perpetually, nor, um, yeah, which cannot any be anyway protected. So now I'll, I'll keep myself from community because I'm purported to be doing a good service to the community by keeping myself away, even though I die in the process spiritually or metaphysically, if not physically. Um, because of the fear of death of the material body, which cannot anyway be protected. And so, I don't know, in my heart it's become a tension. Cause, so we were here at the temple. Um, it's a small community that's been here for a while. So not, most of the, the participants weren't like wearing masks. and They're not like overly concerned about that because, well, we've all been here. I've been here for a couple of weeks also, and everyone else has just lived here. And it's, no one's been sick in the community or anything like that. So they weren't overly concerned about it. But it, it had me thinking if someone from, like, New York City, for example, or, or, you know, someone who just thinks they know what's really going on in the world and they follow a certain mm. narrative of things and they were to come and see us enjoying bomb cure time, practically embracing each other as we danced right next to each other. There wasn't, you know, social distancing and... Because we've already been staying together for weeks without there being any issue. So there wasn't like all the social distancing stipulations. There wasn't no, there were devotees wearing masks, but not everyone was, they were like wear the mask and take it off. Mm. And it wasn't like a huge deal. And I was just like thinking about someone coming to see this, you know, with their confidence and contempt that they know it's really up and therefore we will be proper objects of contempt because we weren't following certain stipulations 
Mm. And the devotees, on the one hand, the devotees being like unconcerned about it because, you know, it's our boo's birthday party and we're going to celebrate it mm. like, we, like we always do. And if Christian wants to kill us through a COVID, then he'll kill us through a COVID. Like, mm. what's the big deal? It's not like you're going to be able to protect your body anyway. If you die today or you die in 80 years, what difference does it make? The only difference I can see it making is that you want to live longer so you could develop your consciousness. But if you mm. want to live another, you want to live another 80 years so you can watch Netflix, better you die now in front of the DVDs. <laughs> Like you ain't doing much. You ain't doing much with the eighty years anyway. So better you die in front of the deities right now. What's the big deal? Like why are you making a big hoopla? Krishna. Um, so anyway, it's, I've just been thinking about that quite a bit. It's really a tension <laughs> because our philosophy teaches all these sorts of angles, and at the end of the day, if fear is keeping us from community and because I know, I know there's a lot of... Because I, I brought this up in another instance mm. uh, about the need for, like, congregational experience, especially mm. in the culture of bhakti. Yeah. And this whole isolation thing being no bueno, you know? Yeah. And someone was like, well... Someone kind of retorted that, well, if we can't do bhakti at home, then I guess our saints are... It was some, like, sarcastic remark that of course you can do bhakti at home. I was like, if you talk to a lot, I just talked to a few devotee friends yesterday, devotee friends that I have mad regard for who are super intelligent, um, just like pr practically, they're like very smart, you know, educated. And they, they were just, they're struggling so much because of not having congregational support, maybe not having the support of the deity and so on. And these are people I was, I'm like actually surprised to hear them struggling. These are people before they, were, they would call themselves introverts who really thrive in a isolated sort of situation. Unlike me, where I'm like, I, I, I tend to think that I have both sides, but I'm more of an extrovert than an introvert, so I don't exactly thrive in isolated situations at all. Mm. But I'm, I'm talking in France, they're supposed to be thriving, and they're not. Mm. They're suffering, they're struggling. Mm. And I'm like, so here we are for the protection of our nasty-ass material body. Sorry to say it like <laughs> that, but Yoga Sutra, Ashuchi, the body is Ashuchi. It's impure. If you were to return the body inside out, we would get the purport of what that means. So for the protection of these nasty bodies, you know, which of course can be used for positive things, but just as it stands, it's a nasty thing. For the protection of that nasty body, I'm keeping myself from that which gives metaphysical life. For protecting something that can't ultimately be protected perpetually. Anyway, it's been like a huge tension. And the only reason I bring this up is because today we're celebrating Prabhupada's appearance day. And the guru is one who kind of comes to deliver us from this fear. The fear of, ultimately the fear of death, which makes us do that which is not good for the soul. And, mm. I'm not, and I'm not saying staying home and honoring government stipulations for dealing with things is not good for the soul. But I am implying it a little bit. <laughs> you are. You are a little bit. <laughs> and, I, and what I'm really trying to say is that um, at the end of the day, what becomes more important, if you find mm. yourself isolated and literally dying, metaphysically speaking, because we, we, we tend to give 
more credence to the death of the material body than to the death of our spirit. You know, because the death of the spirit doesn't seem to have consequences on the practical life. So we don't treat it as, as um, what's the word I'm looking for, as dangerous. We don't treat it as serious as we do the death of the material body. But mm-hmm. let's not, I'm asking a hypothetical question. If you come to the realization that the lack of congregational experience or whatever else is required for your devotional nourishment and thriving, if you come to the realization that you're dying spiritually because of lack of these things, then are you prepared to risk the death of the material body, which will anyway die, so mm. that you can nourish your soul? Anyway, this is all the stuff that be that's rolling around in my head and causing bewilderment, so sorry to share. No, no, no. I think the sharing is good, and it got some a lot of people commenting about it because I think it is a tension. It is a tension yeah. in, like, is this... Okay, I, I have to do my dharma. I have to do my duty. A lot of people who are parents, I'm looking, yeah. they're kind of being like, well, I have children. Well, I have yeah. grandchildren, like this, whatever. So, yeah, there's this tension of, like, what I can do with my free will. And, like, I'm going to provide. I'm going to provide for my family like this or whatever. But then I think what I hear you saying, Jaya, is that there's also ultimately God's will. There's ultimately Krishna's will. And if... And if it's my time, it's my time. And if it's not my time, it's not my time. You know, and of course I should do things to protect this body because through this body, like Sri Prabhupada says, to use a thorn to take out another thorn. So through yes. this body, I can, I can um, perform good bhajan and good sadhana. You know, maybe, maybe I can perform good bhajan and good sadhana. But I really like what you said, Jaya, about the fact that like, if I'm going to spend my next 80 years watching Netflix, increasing my attachments to the material world, increasing my attachments to my family. And I know that that's like a very like, eh point, because like a lot <laughs> of us are a sensitive point because it's like, oh, but they're my children or they're my parents or whatever. Right, but like right. in, in our tradition, like you're supposed to like go off into the forest and like, you know, after a certain age and kind of like renounce all that. Of course you still have like loving feelings towards them, but ultimately as you get older and get closer to death, you're supposed to be fixed on Krishna not on your father or mother or or children, you know, because the thing that's in our consciousness at the time of death, that is what we're going to achieve, you know? So it's like, am I, so I I totally understand the point and I'm trying to be compassionate to the point of like, yes, I need to be there for my family, my responsibilities like this, but at the same time, like, yeah, I I want to clarify my, um, I'm not advocating being rash and like, you know what? After that COVID, going. <laughs> I'm not advocating doing like a rash activity in the name of, you know, dedication to Krishna or whatever like that. I'm, I'm speaking of a personal tension that I'm experiencing. Yeah. And I'll share another verse from the Bhagavatam just in relationship to these family points that people are nervous about. I don't think there's been any child that's died of COVID, by the way, right? I think, has I there been any cases of, I know there, there are cases of children getting it now recently. I've heard at least. Yeah. I, I don't know. know. I really don't know what is true and not true anymore, to be honest with you. I'm, I'm a, a huge skeptic of um, the narratives that are propagated on all levels. I'm like, I'm very, very skeptical. Hmm. Um, but I don't, that doesn't mean I go out of my way to like, you know, um, Trump stipulations of government and all that I follow, but I'm skeptical. 
Anyway, I just wanted to share a verse. I want to I want to vindicate myself from blame with advocating <laughs> something rash, and I'm just sharing personal attention and uh, an appreciation of the need for Guru to relieve us of this fear of the death of the material body. Yeah. So this is a verse from Prahlad Maharaj's prayers. Um, he says here, my Lord Nersima, because of a bodily conception of life, it always comes down to that. Embodied souls neglected and not cared for by you cannot do anything for their betterment. Whatever remedies they accept, although perhaps temporarily beneficial, are certainly impermanent. For example, a father and mother cannot protect their child. A physician and medicine cannot relieve a suffering patient. And a boat on the ocean cannot protect a drowning man. Mm. So, because I, I, I don't have that much time because I still have sound bath. Yes, this, yes. this verse is from the seventh volume of the Bhagavatam, chapter 9, verse 19. I like every, you know, those of you who are sitting here, you know, with families to protect or just dependents or just you know, feeling for the greater world and wanting to do your part in helping its betterment. You know, go and read this verse and kind of sit with it for a little bit and, mm. and see why a certain tension comes up in my, in my mind. And the tension is, again, I'm, I'm wanting to make it clear. The tension is this. We often sacrifice the things we need for our spiritual nourishment and progress because the effect of doing so isn't as apparent to us as like sacrificing the things that we need for the protection of our material body. Mm. So in other words, we will, as conditioned souls, as conditioned jivas, we will always esteem the protection of the material body above the protection and nourishment of our soul. Mm. And I know, I know as devotees, see devotees, we are too we too clever and too, we, we know too much philosophy. So mm -hmm. as devotees, we always like, well, we can reconcile it. It doesn't have to be this one or that one. It can be both and. You know, we yeah. have these sort of clever ways of trying to like bring things together. But the, the tension and question that I'm bringing to the table, the one that it's vexing me a little bit, is that if it came to a clash, which it always does at some point in the course of the material sojourn, if it comes to a clash, and you have to kind of choose. Because these are the things that we always try to get out. We, we, we try to get out of making hard decisions. You know, if it comes to a clash that you have to choose that which is beneficial for your soul mm. versus that which is beneficial for the body. Mm. And there's no way to reconcile the two. It, that may not be this particular case right now, but these, this is something that does inevitably come up in the course of life. Then what are we going to do? Mm. And what I'm saying is that as a conditioned soul, I'm a conditioned soul, by the way, I esteem the protection of the material body above the protection of the spiritual life. And that's the thing that's vexing me so much. And why do I do that? Because of fear. I'm afraid of death. I need to make sure the body is this. I need to be. And that's the thing that's vexing me. It's one thing that like I'm doing my part, but it's not because of fear, but it's because, you know, that's, it's clear that this is the right thing to do and so on. And I think that's, I think a lot of people are coming from that position, so I think that's nice and wonderful. But I also, um, this I is also the tension think that's there. PB Chat says, look at it this way, COVID has made us all realize the value of satsang, and COVID will end sometime, but we will help, but we will hopefully continue our okay. satsang. Okay, wait, stop there. Let's, uh, let's say it doesn't end, because you don't know that, PB Chat. I don't know that. We really don't know. What if this is like here to stay for a minute? 
Mm. Okay, it may end, but it may end when we're 95 years old. <laughs> like, so that's the question I'm bringing to the table. We're all here with the expectation that it's going to come to an end, you know, mm. sooner than later, and then we can get back to, you know, whatever. I'm looking at it from the perspective, like, this might not actually end. And mm. now I might have to make some hard decisions in favor mm. of the life eternal or the life temporary. Mm. And which one is getting more important? That's kind of what you know, is vexing me a little bit. Yeah. It's a, good, it's, a good point. it's a good point to be vexed on. I'm also similarly vexed. Um, I have a lot more to share, but I know that you have to go. And it seems like we've hit, we've hit a, a good point to talk on perhaps tomorrow because there's lots of comments. Um, exactly, exactly, PB Chat. There might be another COVID surely but that's the material world so then so this is the question that you're always going to be dealt with exactly or have to, have to deal with anyway. yeah but one thing i want to end on something funny is that also like i mean people be wilding out like let's be real you know their devotees coming together for like uh satsang and sangha and like this and and, and this is for a, a higher transcendental purpose at least where I'm in, 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 uh, I mean, this happened in the United States too, like people having like underground parties or like this yes. or whatever. And so like here where I am in Ecuador, like the government had to like shut down all these like parties that people were having, just like mass mm -hmm. gatherings of people just for sensual enjoyment. And yes. so it's like, okay, I mean, like, who knows? Like, I really appreciate your point, Jaya, because it's like, who knows when this is going to end? The government can only control people so up to a certain point. Right. And, and the narratives are very questionable. You know, like, who knows? I, I don't know. Okay, can I end on a funny point? I got to bring this Please. up. It's a Please. meme. I'm sorry. Uh, it's, it's, it's kind of cruel, but it's not cruel to me. I think it's just hilarious. But <laughs> the meme is, um, you know, the image of the lady and the cat? That, that famous. Okay, so that's the picture there. And at the top of the meme, it says, it's the lady, she's complaining about people going to church. And she, and the top of the meme, it says, this is not a protest. This is a church event. It needs to be shut down. Um, obviously making a, a, a little, uh, you know, jab. A, a jab at the fact that there was huge protests. No one says anything. But whenever there's like congregation, religious congregations coming together, there's been stories about this. People are freaking out about it, that they're not being responsible. And it's like, why the double standard? Like, literally mm. tens of thousands of people gathered, and no one had anything to say about it. And now a rel much, much smaller just congregational religious people come together, and everyone's, like, freaking out about it. So it's making a jab at that. And so the cat, so that's the lady. She's complaining that this is not a pro protest. This is a church event. You need to shut it down. And then the cat says, um, this is a Protestant church. <laughs> 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 oh my god, oh my god. it's hilarious i oh love the meme i thought it was a great meme um and it but it, and it kind of again it brings me back to the the big thing that i'm bringing to the table that's a, a, a form of um annoyance for me right now yeah i'm sorry to bring it up maybe in the context that i did again i'm not trying to encourage rush activity i'm just this is what goes on in the mind and jive, so that's what i'm, what I'm sharing Okay, I'm I'm about to be late now for the class. I'm so sorry. Uh, I wish this conversation could go on because it's so good. It's yeah. Um, Let's continue it's tomorrow. All right. Yeah.
Let's continue tomorrow. Thank you, everyone, for joining. Have a good sound bath, Jaya, and we'll see you all tomorrow. Thank you. Thank you. Bye, bye. bye.